Vanamali Gita Yogashram, Rishikesh, North India, situated on the banks of the holy river Ganga at the foothills of the Himalayas. This is the 11th talk in the series and is on the 10th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita. It is entitled Vibhuti Yoga or the Yoga of Divine Manifestation.
पुषं शाश्वत दिव्यम मृगेन्द्रोहम वैनदेय पक्षिण 
पवन
of his lower nature to an increasing awareness of the divinity within him through the methods of yoga as described by Lord Krishna. A sure sign of this increasing union is the lessening of the individual ego. Man becomes one with God through knowledge of him and a conscious will directed towards him, culminating in the supreme self-surrender of a supreme and overwhelming love. This love is not restricted to God alone, but since it rests on knowledge, it sees all being as the manifestation of the Beloved, and thus love extends to all creation, and the devotee continues to act in the world for the sake of the God in it, and not for the fulfillment of his egoistic desires, or even for the sake of a social ideal. The Gita's purpose is to call Arjuna and through him to all mankind to this type of action, to make him aware of the power which is in him and the power which is acting through him. It was for this end that Krishna became his charioteer. In this chapter, the mystery of the world existence is revealed in part. For who can exhaust its infinite depth? Which is the religion which can claim to have shut up in its brief system the entire significance of the world mystery and cosmic existence? All religion is a seeking for the divine and all yoga is a striving for union with him. According to the extent of our knowledge will depend the way of the seeking and the fullness of the union. But man is a mental being and he approaches the infinite making use of the instruments of his finite mind. He seeks, therefore, for some conception on which his finite mind is able to see, some face of that infinite truth, for it has innumerable faces, some words he attempts to formulate so that by attaching himself to these, he can arrive through direct experience to the reality it signifies. The saint and the evolved sage might be able to experience the truth of Vasudeva Sarvamidhi, or God is everything, and actually 
have the vision of all things as God. But man, though he may mouth this formula a hundred thousand times a day, yet remains unconvinced. And even though he says he is intellectually convinced, his actions prove otherwise. It is man's ignorance which makes him think that the divine is shrouded in an impenetrable mystery which his mind can never fathom. Actually, the whole of nature is literally an open book through which we can discover him if we only had the eyes to see. As Christ says, though they have eyes, they see not. The sun and moon are his eyes, the air is his breath, exults the Vedic poet who looked around him and saw nothing but God. Unfortunately, we have lost that innocence of outlook and we pride ourselves on being able to see things with the clarity of a sophisticated vision. But this is the very sophistication which hides him from our gaze. The great intellectuals try to arrive at the infinite by the tortuous process of an abstract and negating knowledge. They, negated, they negate the visible in order to discover the invisible. Negate life in order to find its source. In the end, knowledge itself is negated in the unknowable. But this method of self-negation is not for everyone, because not only the intellect, but also the heart, will and senses are yearning to know and experience that supreme and thus find a justification for their very existence. The greatness of the Gita lies in its holistic approach to the discovery of the infinite, not by denying all relations is the divine naturally approachable to man, but in and through all relations, for he is the source of all relations. There are a thousand ways in which God is secretly in contact with our human existence and approach to him is many-sided and all-sided. God does not make himself difficult of approach by us. In fact, he is the easiest of all to approach since he is our very self. Only one thing is needed, the indomitable will to break through the veil of our ignorance and a persistent seeking by the mind, heart and life for that which is really all the time closest to us. This is our only problem, the will. 
Once the site has been fixed, the way charted, and the wheel turned towards the goal, the master himself will send the favorable wind to take us to our destination. This Godhead is not just our Ishtadeva, like Krishna, or Christ, or Allah, or Rama, or Hanuman, or so many others. For all such names and forms are only the faces of that one Supreme, who is the Universal Lord of all religions. All creation is a manifestation of this one infinite. This world of space and time is his phenomenal self-extension. Therefore, man has to see and adore him in all things, animate and inanimate, to worship him in sun and star and flower, in man and mouse and mountain. This Godhead is the fulfillment of all relationships, father, father, mother, lover, friend and refuge. Thus he is ever before our eyes, ever present. It is we who cannot recognize him in the humble and the ordinary. If he came in an extraordinary garb, we might recognize him. But in these ordinary forms, we do not have the eyes to see. So in the tenth chapter is given the theory of the vibhuti, which will enable man to see him more easily. The extraordinary manifestations of might and glory which we see in the world are known as vibhuti, the majestic manifestations of God. This is an easy way to learn to see him. The methods used to teach children the alphabet in the nursery class is used by the Lord in this chapter. One is to introduce the letters by writing them in capitals. And once the children have learned to read and recognize these, their size is reduced. The other method is to teach the easy letters first, like A and E and L, which have just straight lines first, and then go on to the difficult letters, which have curves, and then lastly, the combinations between the curves and the straight lines. We are also in the nursery class of spirituality, Though we have been told countless times that God is in all things, we just cannot see him in everything. So first we should try and see his presence clearly in the big things, in the magnificent and the mighty, like the ocean and the mountains. 
once we have learned to recognize him in thee, we shall recognize that every drop of water and every grain of sand which makes up the mountain is filled with the same divinity. There is no difference in meaning between capital A and small a, between the gross and the subtle. The second method is to recognize the Supreme in forms that are easily seen and thus go on to the more complicated type. For instance, the divinity manifest in a Krishna or an Arjuna can easily be seen, but not so in a Duryodhana or Dushasana. The divinity in a Christ can easily be seen, but not so in Judas. In a Rama it is apparent, but what about Ravana? The second of each team is a complicated letter, not pure gold, but an alloy. First learn to recognize him in the good and later on in the not so good. The Lord who is in Rama is in Ravana too. What is found in the simple is also found in the complex. The Vedas say, Salutations to the prince of robbers, salutations to the cruel ones and the doers of harm, the thugs, the thieves, the robbers, all are Brahman. Salutations to them all. This vast creation is the Lord's album filled with self-portraits. But we do not recognize him in so many different roles. That is why at the beginning of the chapter, Krishna tells Arjuna, Neither the gods nor the sages know my origin, for I am their cause. The divine is the unborn, eternal, who has no origin. There can be nothing before him from which he proceeds. But he who knows him in reality as the unborn is lifted beyond the limitations of mortality. The Supreme is, a neg is not a negation, empty of all relationships to the universe. He is the Supreme Positive, soul of all souls, mind of all minds. All cosmic relations proceed from him. The seven rishis and the fathers who are all mental beings proceed from him. He does not create out of a void, but out of himself. All are in his being, but he is not limited by his becoming. Though assuming forms, he remains formless and infinite. The Gita stresses the distinctions between being and becoming, but does not turn it 
into an opposition. All is a temporary expression of the absolute. In him lies the positive key to their mystery, the reconciling secret of their existence. This knowledge on the emotional plane becomes an ecstatic love and adoration of him. The heart delights in the greatness and beauty and perfection of this being, now seen everywhere. The whole consciousness becomes full of God and replete with his answering fullness. All speech and thought becomes an utterance of his glory. Even in the initial step of imperfection, as soon as man takes his first tottering steps towards him, the divine steadies him and lights the blazing lamp of knowledge within him. On them I confer the yoga of wisdom. I destroy the darkness of ignorance that dwells in their heart through the light of wisdom, says the Lord. Arjuna accepts the knowledge that has been given. His mind is delivered from its doubts and from the baffling appearance of the world to its supreme basis. He has recognized his charioteer's real identity as the supreme Purushottama, the supreme knowable. He has ex accepted the truth and is prepared to act with self-surrender. But he desires a deeper understanding. He accepts the revelation that all is Vasudeva, but feels the need of other supports, like the rest of us. So he asks for a complete enumeration of the sovereign powers of the Lord's becoming. O Lord of yogis, he says, how can I know thee through meditation? In what, in what manner are you to be contemplated upon? Tell me more and more of it. It is the nectar of immortality. And however much I hear, I am not satiated. The divine teacher accedes to the request of his disciple, but with the reminder that a full reply is impossible, for God is infinite and his, and his manifestations are also infinite. Arjuna, I shall tell you of my prominent divine power, for there is no limit to their expanse. Each form is a symbol of some divine power. To the seer, each finite carries within it its own revelation 
of the infinite, the objective facts of nature are only expressions of the subjective and always go back to the spiritual cause of their appearance. In the lower nature, the expressive power of God is disfigured through ignorance. Thus everything originates from Him, not merely the good, but also the opposite, which perplex us like grief, destruction and fear. The whole play of light and dark, the mixed notes that vibrate so painfully on our sensitive ears. We are ever ready to see him in the sublime aspect, but the mind balks at seeing him in the ugly, for it is opposed to sublimity of the unifying concept. How can we consent to see him equally in man and animal, in the ignoble and the degenerate, the sinner, the criminal, and the outcome. Some indications are needed, some supports called for in this difficult effort at oneness, and this is what Krishna gives in the remaining verses. This chapter has been called the Vibhuti Yoga because while we must identify ourselves impartially with the universal divine in all its manifestations, both good and evil. Yet we must at the same time realize that there is an ascending evolutionary power in it, a secret something which carries us upwards from the first concealing appearances through higher and higher form towards the ideal nature of the universal Godhead. The enumeration thus begins with the statement of the first principle that analyzes all existence. That God dwells concealed in the mind and heart of everything and every creature. He is the beginning, end, and middle of all that has been and will be. From within all conscient and inconscient creation, this Atma or consciousness develops its powers. In plant life, animal life, human and superhuman life, seen from this angle, we will realize that all things are in fact vibhudis of this universal spirit, all a yoga of this great yogi, a self-creation of this marvelous creator. But since he is apparent to us only through the power of his becoming, he is specially apparent in what is of prominent value. 
So in each kind of thing, we can see him most easily in those in whom the power of his nature reaches the highest. Yet the highest power is only a very partial revelation of the infinite. Even the whole universe is only one degree of his greatness, illumined by one ray of his splendor, glorious with only a tinge of his beauty. This is the lesson of this chapter. Among all living beings, cosmic godheads, superhuman and subhuman, the chief is the special power or vibhuti of the Godhead. The sun amongst the light givers, the mind amongst the senses, the Himalayas amongst mountains, the lion amongst animals, the alligator amongst fishes, and the mighty Ganga amongst rivers. These are only a few examples which he gives. I am endless time, he says, and amongst destroyers, I am death. God is imperishable, endless time. This is his most evident power of becoming and the essence of the whole universal movement. He appears also as the universal spirit of destruction who seems to create only to undo his creations in the end. But rebirth and a new creation ever keep space with the force of death and destruction. I am the birth of all that shall come into being. The divine is the sustaining spirit of the present, the withdrawing spirit of the past, and the creative spirit of the future, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, the trilogy of Hindu mythology. Amongst the fraudulent, I am gambling. The glory of the glorious am I, the victory of the victorious, the solution, the resolution of the resolute, and the purity of the pure. I am the divine seed of all existences. As the seed, so the tree. This creation can only develop from the seed, which is he alone. So this creation is nothing but the flowering of his seed. There is no end to the list of my divine glory or Arjuna. What I have told you is only a brief description of my unlimited splendor. How can a finite alphabet enumerate the list of the infinite glory? Whatever beautiful and glorious creature you see in the world, 
whatever being which is mighty and forceful amongst men or above man or below him that know that to be a part of my splendor what but what need is there o arjuna for greater details take it that i am here in this world and everywhere i am in all and i constitute all there is nothing other than me i support this entire universe by a single ray of my illimitable power an infinitesimal portion of my fathomless spirit all these worlds are but sparks or hints of me who am eternal and immeasurable adava bahunaidena kimpnyadena tavarjuna vishtabhyaham idam krishnam egamshena stido jagat the lesson of this chapter is to train our eyes to see him in the large and simple letters and then proceed to the small and complex until at last one achieves the spiritual vision to see the whole world of matter as nothing but divine spirit vasudeva sarvamidhi this consciousness becomes aware of god with the knowledge of identity which is far more real than any sensual experience the liberated man does not see the lower nature as we see it in everything he sees the divine prakriti secretly awaiting her opportunity to evolve he sees the action of both gods and demons as being only the actions of the divine wearing these different masks it is the play of the divine shakti that is in the meekness of the deer as well as the might of the lion it is the fleetness of his foot that makes the deer flee and the lion give chase the essential thing is the divine aspect which is trying to find fulfillment respect for the divinity in all creatures is not diminished but given a higher significance by lifting our eyes to the great ones who cut a blazing trail for us to follow arjuna himself is the vibhuti the chosen instrument of the divine will the history of the cycles of man is a progress towards the unveiling of the godhead in the soul and life of humanity each great movement is a divine manifestation arjuna is the key figure in this great work 
terrible in appearance, but necessary for a long leap forward in the march of the race. Therefore, he must become the divine man, capable of doing work consciously as an instrument of the divine. That aspect of the Godhead as time in its flowing movement of creation and destruction must also be seen by him. And in the next chapter, this figure of God in his mighty and terrible aspect of time is to be revealed to Arjuna, the Vibhuti, the chosen man of the age. Hari Om Tatsat. Om Asadoma Sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya Mrityorma Mritam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 From the unreal lead me to the real from darkness to light and from death to immortality Om Peace Peace Yeah.
ഓടി 
下午